Welcome into Inside the Den, your look inside Lee's McRae Athletics. Inside the Den is produced for the sole purpose of keeping Bobcat fans in the know and can be found on our website, lmcbobcats.com, or on SoundCloud. Just search Lee's McRae Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tim Hall. Welcome back, Bobcat fans, to episode 24 of Inside the Den. Today, we are going to talk about club sports. We have the coaches from the climbing as well as the ski and snowboarding team joining us today to talk about their teams and programs and all that it entails. Now, if you're like me, I think after you hear from Carter Smith and Aaron Moss that you might want to get out there and do some climbing, or go skiing, and take part and learn and have some fun. So sit back. Enjoy the show and go Bobcats. All right, to kick things off on our show today about club sports, we have Carter Smith. Carter is the head coach of climbing. Carter, thanks for being on Inside the Den. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, good. All right. So I understand you're coming up on your two-year anniversary as the head coach of the climbing team here at Lee's McRae. I'm curious, how did you end up here as the head coach? That's a great question. I think uh, there's a short version and a long version, but I think the short version is I've been climbing and competing pretty much my whole life, and uh, the the fall after I graduated from my undergrad, a series of events unfolded that kind of let me know that there was this position open at Lee's McRae and I was able to apply for it and started learning more about the process of the team here and uh, started coaching here about two years ago yeah well when you say you're involved locally uh, you're a grad Mm -hmm. of Appalachian State Uh, you know I guess at what point in your life did you get involved in climbing and how long you've been doing it uh, you know, what are your experiences like just as a, as a competitor and now coach? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I competed, so I competed a little bit in the youth series when I was growing up. So I competed in the USA climbing bouldering series in high school. Um, and I'd been climbing a little bit before that, but that was really my intro into competitive rock climbing. And then I went to, as you said, undergrad at App State. And that was where I really learned about collegiate climbing. I competed all four years uh, that I was in undergrad, and then through Lee's McRae, I've been able to help take what I've learned in my own competitive career and apply that towards uh, sort of the next generation. Well, I've had, I think, a couple of our riders on the cycling team mm-hmm. uh, get involved in the climbing team and or just do it on their own for fun. And I have to admit, I know nothing about climbing. I see the photos. I've got other friends who climb. Uh, I'm not sure I could pull it off because, it, boy, it looks very, very challenging and in some <laughs> situations even scary. But if you would, describe what the climbing opportunities are like here in Banner Elk in the high country because I would imagine uh, it's quite good. Absolutely. Um so the, the climbing opportunities, especially in Banner Elk, but really the high country in general and Western North Carolina as a whole, are 
really, really fantastic. We're within two to three hours of hundreds and hundreds of areas where you can go climbing outside, as well as tens of gyms uh, for competition and training. It's it's really fantastic being in Banner Elk in particular because you're you're about 20 minutes drive from some of the best bouldering and sport climbing in the country. Where is the area, say, one, one of your favorites, having been mm-hmm. here now for so long, that you like to go to? And then what is some of the ones that you and the team go and, I guess, what, practice on or mm-hmm. things of that nature? What are some of the areas, maybe names, that people either don't know or maybe they would know that, that you like to go to or the team goes to to work out? Yeah, absolutely. So we're only a few-minute drive from uh, Grandmother Mountain, which is on the other side of Grandfather, just across Tyne Castle Highway. Um, if you think about Beacon Heights, it's the mountain right across with the mm-hmm. cell tower on it. Um, there are hundreds of boulder problems out there, and that's one of my favorite places to go, uh, both recreationally and taking people out climbing, or bouldering in particular. Um, it's basically the whole the whole side of the mountain that faces the parkway is just littered with with hundreds of, of uh, boulders. And then on the same side of Grandfather, but on the Grandfather side of the parkway, there's a place called Shiprock. Mm. Um, if you've heard of the boardwalk or rough ridge hiking, yes. it's the cliff that you're like on top of when you do that hike. Ah. And that's one of the most amazing places uh, I've ever climbed, and I've climbed all over the place. Um, I was actually, we were able to to take a couple students there about a year ago, actually, for an independent study through the outdoor rec department. Two of the climbing team officers were doing an independent study, and we were able to, as their capstone, have them take me climbing to Shiprock and then into the Limbo Gorge, which is about 40 minutes from campus. Um, yeah, and then as for as for practice, we attend practice uh both on campus so in the src uh we climb on that wall and then we train uh in and around the src and then we also practice when there's not a global pandemic at center 45 climbing gym in boone so about 30 minutes from campus we'll go there about once a week for an optional off-campus practice to really dial in our movement and our our strength training in the confines of bouldering in particular speaking of strength training i would imagine as an athlete, what does it take? I mean, there's the skill I know that comes into play, but as I think about it, you've got to be incredibly strong to to do climbing, do you not? Absolutely. I like to think of of, of climbing as gymnastics and golf meet ballet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you think about like the the tactical and technical ability of a golf of a golf player and the bodily awareness and strength of ballet and gymnastics, especially the upper body strength of like men's gymnastic events, those are what you really, really see transfer well to climbing. Hmm. Um, While we do think of it as like, you want to use your legs to propel you up the wall and everything, a lot of the training we do to supplement our on the wall time is upper body conditioning in order to keep you on the wall longer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes <laughs> yeah, sense. So we do, yeah, absolutely. We do a lot of uh, sort of preventative or injury prevention exercises as well, particularly in the shoulder girdle and the finger uh, flexors and extensors. 
because if you think about when you're when you're hanging on these tiny edges on a an artificial wall or a real rock the main thing that's holding you on is the rubber on your shoes and the tips of your fingers so you want those two things to be particularly strong and in good shape and then beyond that uh shoulder injuries can be pretty common if you're not careful in climbing so we really want to strengthen up the sh shoulder girdle and keep it healthy and strong hmm. well describe your schedule of climbing competitions last season looks like you had four on the calendar uh, i'm sure you got impacted by the virus and the pandemic but what does a typical season entail as a member of the climbing team that's a great question. Um, so if you think about like from the 30,000 foot view for the climbing team, we have our weekly practices and then we have several events and several competitions throughout the year, sort of as little capstones of sections of the year. Um, so when you think about our, our competitive cycle in the spring, usually, or like late, late winter, late fall through early to mid spring, um, there's sort of a local level, a regional level, and a national level of competition. Um, we encourage every athlete on the team, regardless of whether they've been climbing for two weeks or 12 years, to, to try to compete at least at the local level, um, just so that they can develop an understanding of what competition really looks like, which I can touch on more in a minute, as well as uh, kind of getting our our team out there and in the community of competitive climbing at the regional level is where it starts to get a lot more uh nitty gritty and competitive um and so the regional level is it's usually within a few hours from here um historically it's been in nashville or raleigh um for that competition and it's about a weekend long and there's uh several sections of competition there's like a, a rope climbing section and a speed climbing section and a bouldering section. And so we, we encourage all of our athletes to try out all of them, but to pick one facet of that that they really want to continue and dive deep into for that and train for to peak for that weekend. And then at the national level, it's both a festival and a celebration of collegiate climbing and mm. building this community, as well as a world-class uh, competition. A lot of the people who, who attend this competition, it might be to support their teammates or to to compete at sort of like the the category like the category level so maybe like intermediate um and then some of the people who compete there are world champion or youth world champion hmm. from from years past wow so it sounds like these events you attend are i mean highly competitive but mm -hmm. have a wide range of abilities that are there it's kind of like cycling it sounds like exactly yeah i think it's a good Cycling is a, is a really good parallel or ski competition is a really good parallel because you do have uh, the people who've been competing since they could walk as well as people who just started climbing maybe the the second week they came to college and they're just a part of the team and a part of the community, but they still want to show up. And speak to that. You are a part of the Outdoor Rec program at Lee's McRae, and we have a lot of different outdoor activities that our students who maybe are not on a team, but can go out and do, uh, how is climbing interwoven within that department and how are other new uh, students or athletes introduced to your sport? Absolutely. Um, so I'm fortunate that for the climbing program here at Lee's McRae, it's relatively self-contained within the confines of my 
my job. So I'm able to sort of bridge the gap between the competitive team, the people who want to learn how to climb, as well as the people who are in it for the more academic or skills development side in the classes. So in the ORM department, the Outdoor Recreation Management Department, we offer several courses and we're hoping to, to sort of expand this program in the future, but we offer an intro to climbing course, which is essentially the skills that you would develop the first semester or two that you're on the team, how to tie into the rope, how to, how to move effectively on the wall, and really just how to climb and have fun and do it safely. And then we also offer an advanced climbing course that's almost more about how to facilitate those experiences for others. So there's a lot about group dynamics, a lot about uh, equity and inclusion within the sport, and a lot about uh, how to how to safely mitigate risks, particularly in the outdoors. You know what? That intro class sounds like something I ought to do because I would imagine, boy, it would help someone either overcome fears, get outside your comfort zone. Uh, mm-hmm. I might be I might be talking to you about that later on because Absolutely, it yeah. looks like a lot of fun. Uh, okay, one final question. Uh, where do you hope to take this program and what do you hope to be able to achieve one day with the climbing team here at Lee's McRae? That's that's kind of the question that I, I keep stickied on my on my uh, coaching journal that I carry around. Like, what is the 30,000 foot view? What is the mm-hmm. goal? Like, why are we here? Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And to me, it really comes down to building a community of not only talented athletes, but committed students and compassionate humans that are going to take those things forward after they're done with school. Um, anyone with with a a basic understanding of training and climbing can can coach people through a competition but i think building a community that helps these students support each other and have a place to go when maybe they don't otherwise i think that's kind of where the next level thing comes in that's a good answer well carter i appreciate you for being on inside the den sharing your story and all about the climbing team uh yeah thanks for Uh, sharing all that and being on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Coach Hall. Next up on Inside the Den, we're going to talk snow sports with Aaron Moss. Aaron is the head skiing and snowboarding coach here at Lees McRae. Aaron, thanks for being on Inside the Den. Thanks for having me. Well, you have been involved in snow sports for well over a decade, and I'm curious. First, how did you get involved in uh, skiing and snowboarding, and from there, how did you become the coach here at Lees McRae? All right. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to be able to discuss this and reach out to everybody. Um, my journey, it takes, like a lot of people, takes a lot of twists and turns. Uh, you wouldn't necessarily expect somebody who grew up in the farmland of rural state of Iowa in the Midwest to end up being a collegiate coach of a snow sports program. Um, but growing up, um, even though there's not a lot of ski resorts in Iowa, um, there I believe there's currently two, uh, I went to them. I love snow sports. Uh, got into it, just had a group of friends that did it as well. Um, and given the fact that, uh, we didn't always have the access to all the equipment, everything we needed, uh, a lot of us all grew up skiing and snowboarding. We just pretty much do whatever we could. Uh, if we could find boots that fit, 
we would ride whatever equipment those boots fit into. Um, so, uh, we actually, um, so I first got the bug when first traveling out to Colorado to visit relatives and, uh, rented a snowboard, went out there, had no clue what to do. I think maybe I was 14 at the time. Uh, but loved it, all the bumps and bruises and everything along the way. Uh, then somebody told me, well, skiing is a lot easier to pick up. It's more natural sport. So like the following day, I rented a pair of skis and tried that out. Uh, so I've been doing both skiing and snowboarding my whole life. Um, enjoyed it so much that even though we didn't have access to ski resorts uh, where I live, we'd get the snowmobiles out because we had plenty of snow and cold weather in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And uh get a tow rope behind a snowmobile or four-wheeler <laughs> grab grab a you know grab a pair of ski old pair of skis or snowboard and go tearing across pasture wow. land wow uh throw hay bales out throw snow over the hay bales and hey we got to jump <laughs> um so yeah so we were, we had a ball doing that um but really uh it came down so and i continue to do that uh all throughout my life but it came yeah. down to um really Moving out here to this area, to Banner Elk, in 2009, uh, one of the first positions I got over the winter as a part-time job was as a ski instructor, ski and snowboard instructor over at Sugar Mountain. Um, And it was fortuitous that I ended up getting that position. Um, Really loved it. Uh, Enjoyed it so much. Came back the following year and kind of decided at that point uh, that I kind of wanted to try to incorporate this into the rest of my life. Mm. So I started looking into it. I uh, got a membership with PSIA and Aussie, which are the national uh, programs for professional ski instructors and snowboard instructors of America. And I uh, got my certification and just really loved it. And meeting those people, uh, the seeing their level of enthusiasm and stoke for just skiing and teaching people how to ski and snowboard really got me hooked Mm -hmm. Uh, and I've been a ski instructor and snowboard instructor every winter since I really enjoyed it love the camaraderie people you meet and it's one of those things where you know if you really enjoy it you get your level one and then you figure out oh well there's also freestyle credentials adaptive children specialists so many different things and ways in which you can advance not only your physical abilities but also the mental capabilities and knowledge that you can gain from other people and then be able to share that with other individuals that come to your respective mountains to try to learn how to ski and snowboard, whether they're nine years old or 70 years old. Uh, everybody needs, wants to learn how to ski and snowboard. Mm-hmm. And if you can answer all those questions and you can teach somebody, not even anything upper level, just somebody that wants to slide on the snow and do it safely and have a good time. And you see them after the lesson's over and they're getting it. And it's just a thrill to watch them go up on the lift and ski down the mountain afterwards. Yeah. Well, so you do all that, which, boy, I'm sure the timeline to acquire that experience and knowledge is pretty lengthy. Uh, what year was it that you became the coach here at Lee's McRae? And, and how did that take place? So I started uh, 2014. And Lee's McRae actually has a great history of a ski program uh dating way back to the 70s 60s great to see some of the old pictures and photos of people skiing down their sweaters and black and white photos and everything uh but they uh they ended the program in the early 2000s and uh just went dormant didn't do anything with it um then uh craig and fail uh i think originally 
So I was an instructor at that time uh, up here at Beach as well. And uh, Craig McPhail, uh, I just finished wrapping up the being a coach of the academy program over Sugar Mountain for their snow sports program uh, for snowboarding. And uh, somebody contacted me and said, hey, did you know Lisa McCray is thinking about getting their program back up and running? So I reached out and contacted Craig McPhail and spoke with him and had a great conversation about uh, – them wanting to start the program back up again, being all inclusive. So doing skiing, snowboarding, mm-hmm. freestyle, race, alpine components, everything. Um, and I just, I felt like, man, you know, I do all of those things. This would be, <laughs> That's uh, this the dream would be a job. great opportunity. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so had great conversations with him. Uh, we looked at uh, just the future potential of a program such as this at a college like Lee's McRae, where campus is sandwiched right in between two great ski resorts, Sugar Mountain and Beach Mountain. Um, and just the opportunity that it would have not only to mm. bring young students to the campus, uh, but just be able to grow uh, what would be a very unique program in the annals of uh, colleges in the Southeast, yeah. which you know, not a lot of people associate skiing and snowboarding and snow sports in general with the schools in the Southeast, but there's quite a few of them that have programs now. Yeah. Well, and for those unaware, describe the skiing opportunities that we have and the locations here in Banner Elk. So the college itself is in a very unique spot in the Southeast, uh, not only as far as uh, snow sports go, but just the mountain environment. Uh, I do a lot of educating people as I travel around the country and talking to them about the program. And a lot of people think that uh, most of North Carolina is all along the ocean. So I explained to them that our college campus sits just above 3,000 feet. And uh, both of the resorts that were sandwiched between um, Sugar Mountain tops out at 5,200 feet and Beach Mountain goes all up to 5,500 feet, which actually makes it the highest resort on the entire East Coast. So we have a very much an alpine climate. Uh, both resorts average between around like 80 to 100 inches of natural snowfall a year. Um, all of them have 100% snowmaking capabilities. Uh, App Ski Mountain is only about 20 miles away as well, making it the third resort in the area. And so uh, really easy to get to, super accessible, a uh, lot of good beginner terrain, a lot of more advanced terrain as well at each of these resorts. Uh, one thing that's nice of Beach Mountain, they also have a freestyle terrain park. So that affords those individuals the ability to uh, start working on some of those features, boxes and rails and things like that. App Ski Mountain actually has a huge terrain park apparatus, large jumps, everything. They kind of specialize in that. Uh, so it's nice to be able to have that kind of opportunities, both skiing and snowboarding, alpine, downhill, as well as freestyle uh, essentially right at your doorstep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually highly encourage uh, the athletes on the team to live somewhere around the resorts. Uh, several of them actually live right up here on Beach Mountain, walking distance to the resort. And uh, we do, so we actually partner, the team partners with Beach Mountain. And so this is where we practice up here. And uh, the resort just does a great job working with the team, giving them discounted season passes, discounted lift tickets, discounted just about everything. A lot of the team members work up here as well. Uh, so a lot of them have free season passes. Uh, great opportunities. Uh, one of the unique things about the area as far as snow sports is concerned is the great community that we have up here. 
So it's definitely smaller, you know, three resorts. Uh, it's not a highly or densely populated area. So the individuals that are in the snow sports industry up here, I mean, you know, you, you know each other. You see each other mm-hmm. running each other at grocery stores, ski shops, everything like that. Uh, and it's wonderful. Yeah, and it's a very one small of the things world. That, yeah, one of the things I like to tell people is that I'm just a huge cheerleader for snow sports in, in general, but more specifically in the southeast. Yeah, Just trying to promote it. And it's wonderful. Uh, even travel around the country, meeting people. They're like, oh, yeah, I was at Beach Mountain for a clinic a couple years ago. Loved that area. You know, oh, you grew up skiing sugar all the mm-hmm. time. Um, a lot of people travel up here during the winter time from Charlotte, from Raleigh, from Atlanta, especially Florida. Uh, these are some of the closest ski resorts to them, and this is what they've known growing up. So it's great running into those people that are aware of the snow sports industry here yeah. in the southeast. And it, like I said, it's a small community. Well, even with what I do, as I travel around and people ask uh, us when we're out competing someplace, they'll say, well, where is Lees McRae College? And I'll explain, and invariably they'll say, oh, I've been there and uh, have skied at one of the mountains. And so... Uh, we're we're a little we're we're small, but we're on the map, and people know where we're at. So it's kind of fun to uh, meet those folks and talk about and share memories uh, of the skiing that we have here. Speaking of your team, you have a pretty big roster of snow uh, snow sport athletes. Describe them a little bit about the things that you do and and what they bring to the table. You bet. Um, so we do a little bit of everything. Uh, so. We do all four disciplines. Uh, we compete in USCSA, which is the United States uh, Collegiate Ski and Snowboard Association. It's the largest collegiate association in the country for snow sports. Um, and on our team, we do alpine skiing and snowboarding and freestyle skiing and snowboarding, both men's and women's. And on our team, currently we have 15 members on the team, always looking to grow. Uh, one of the big my big areas of emphasis is recruiting so recruiting not only in this area but in the north northeast and you know nationwide as well going to large national championships uh, for us on our team like i said earlier beach mountain is our home mountain so uh, we'll practice at least three days a week uh, typically in the afternoons or evenings uh, so from about five to nine o'clock uh, and we'll spend time running drills, going through exercises, going to the train park, practicing our movements. Um, really, what it all comes down to is having fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, we definitely compete. We practice. We set up gates. We, we definitely compete to win. But for the most part, it's about having fun and being safe out there on the slopes. Well, As long as we are healthy and yeah. having fun, the results are going to come. And that's one of the things I want stories I like to tell. One of the first times uh, we went to a nationals competition of a Whiteface Mountain in Lake Placid, New York. I'm riding the gondola up Whiteface, and I'm wearing a big North Carolina shirt. And this lady uh, asked me, "Well, what are you doing up here?" I said, "Well, well we're competing with the USCSA nationals." And she goes, "In what?" <laughs> I said, this, "This is everything. Snow sports." Because you, you have a team from North Carolina, and as I explained to her. Uh, she was just blown away that we yeah. actually, you know, even have snow, <laughs> little mountains, everything in North Carolina. And last year, the team did a great job. We took seven athletes to nationals, which were once again held up at Lake Placid at Whiteface Mountain. And we ended up walking away with 15 top 10 team finishes in different categories. So it's one of those things where as long as the 
student athletes are having fun. We're traveling, we're going to different resorts and we're doing well. well. And, it's, and it's excellent just to see the look on the kids' faces as they stand up on podiums and yeah. just the sheer excitement and joy they have. You know, uh, in our sport, I get that same response sometimes about there's a cycling team in college and, you know, you have to explain a little bit and people are in awe. Uh, and, you know, yeah, you all are a lot like ours on the mountain bike side. We go to national championships and, boy, you get to go some to some very beautiful, cool venues and ski resorts uh, to do what we do. And it's almost... Uh, I almost feel guilty sometimes because we're in such beautiful places working, you know, and that's part of our job and our occupation, but uh, it's wonderful to get to attend places like that. Uh, and speaking of competition, describe a little bit about what a typical season looks like, uh, you know, because you visit some really cool ski resorts, as you said, Lake Placid and many others. Uh, what does that look like throughout the year? Yeah, so uh, we will do practicing conditioning in the fall uh, prior to the resorts opening up. Uh, resorts typically open up uh, around Thanksgiving, Sugar, Amp, and Beach. I think this year, Beach is slated to open up November 21st. And so as soon as that happens, they start the guns if there's not enough natural snowfall, and they start packing all the slopes. Uh, once the slopes are open, practice is on. Mm. Uh, like, like I said, Beach Mountain does a wonderful job in working with us. You know, they allow us to shut down runs, parts of runs, be able to set up gates, start practicing. So we'll start practicing uh, before the end of the fall semester. And then students typically go on winter break. A lot of the athletes, so like I said, they, a lot of them live up here on beach. They'll, they might go home for the holidays, but other than that, they're up here still practicing. Um, then starting with our spring semester. So typically our first competition will be uh, about the second weekend. So all of our competition on our weekends and our first one is typically the second weekend in January. Hmm. So this actually occurred in the past where our first competition is prior to the spring semester beginning. Mm -hmm. So we get those students back on campus. And uh, so our competitions will usually typically we'll leave on Friday, return Sunday. Uh, we'll compete at beach, sugar app and then that's north carolina and then we'll travel to virginia and compete at wintergreen resort massanutton and bryce so th that's our conference schedule we'll usually have between five to seven events so we're typically traveling for at least half of those to virginia mm -hmm. uh, it's nice with the when we compete at the local resorts we you know we don't have to travel our home mountain resort beach ho usually hosts a competition every single year so that's always nice it's like a a home competition it's unique you know it's not like uh, our sports are unique where we're not like basketball or volleyball where you know half of our games are played at home our own court uh we're lucky if we get one yeah uh, we get one and then after that we're traveling but it's the same for all the different teams um so what we'll do is we'll compete in the southeastern conference there's around 15 different schools that compete in out of north carolina and virginia um, after we're done with our our competitive season, our conference season, what we'll do is we'll, depending on the results, we'll have a number of athletes that will qualify for regionals. Uh, regionals is usually somewhere on the East Coast for us. Uh, last year was at Blue Mountain, Pennsylvania. It's been at Seven Springs, Pennsylvania, uh, Bryce Resort, Virginia. Um, definitely different places all up and down the Eastern Seaboard, all the way up to Pennsylvania and New York. 
And then nationals, uh, those students, uh, student athletes that did well enough at regionals will then go on to nationals. Like I said, last year we took seven student athletes up to Lake Placid in New York, competed at White Face. Uh, and like you said, mentioned about traveling around to different resorts on awesome ski towns, communities. So nationals has also been at Mount Bachelor out on the West mm-hmm. Coast. Yeah. Uh, we Two years ago, we traveled to Jackson, Wyoming and competed out there uh, just you know great venues great opportunities and anytime we do something like that so like when we went out to jackson it seemed like such a shame to get all the way out there and only compete out there in jackson so we actually took the team went and visited some friends and alumni in utah went and skied snowbird mm, nice. uh, we went stayed an extra day went over to jackson hole and skied over there and, and what's awesome i mentioned this before about the small community but you know, we traveled, we took team to Utah, stayed with some people from the area, from Western North Carolina, friends, met other friends at other resorts, went to Park City and hung out with an alumnus oh, from the team. Nice. Uh, when we went to Jackson Hole, we actually ran into, I mean, sometimes it's just random. We actually ran into some friends of mine that were out there just on <laughs> our vacation. So we got to ride the tram with them and had lunch with them. And yeah, it's just awesome. And, you know, like you said, you know, you run into these people at other places and, you know, it's like you may not have seen each other for 10 years, but through the love of the mountains and skiing and snowboarding, and it's just like you never left and talk about old trips you did and everything like that. Yeah. And it's just great. It's awesome contacting with people that you haven't heard from in a while. You know, like you said, like past alumni, alumnus of your programs reaching out to you and be like, hey, you know, I'm going to be back in the area. Want to make some turns? You bet. Let's go hit the slopes. <laughs> well, Wyoming and Utah, if, uh, oh, I've done a lot of traveling in both those states, uh, and it's just absolutely drop, uh, drop dead gorgeous. Uh, and so I got one final question for you. You rattled off a few, but, you know, I, I had a feeling that you have skied at some amazing resorts. So the final question I have for you is where is your most favorite and why? Um, as far as individual resorts, uh, my favorite one, if it wasn't so busy, would be Breckenridge. Mm, okay. And one of the reasons for that is mainly because that's the resort I grew up skiing, traveling out there. I had friends and family that lived out there. My cousin lived in Breckenridge for years. And so it's just got a special place in my heart. I actually went out there last winter at a family reunion out there in Breckenridge and I went to go ski it last winter and man, it was busy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, but I gotta say, uh, probably one of my favorite times actually happened right here in Western North Carolina. And it was one of those moments where uh, we ended up getting, I think it was 16 inches of snow overnight and it was just dumping the following day and without calling anybody without talking to a single person i got up there and when i was sitting at the bottom of the lift line there were all my friends were all sitting right there <laughs> uh team members everybody waiting for that first lift to start turning and everybody was there to get out there and enjoy the fresh tracks and just sitting there at the bottom of the lift, you know, nothing had started yet. Mm-hmm. The resort wasn't even open. Just sitting there talking with everybody and seeing how excited everybody was 
you know, there were kids out there. Like I said, a lot of team members were there as well, waiting. A uh, bunch of my friends, and that that was that's what it's all about: getting together with friends, colleagues, other student athletes, sharing chair rides, skiing down the mountain. Uh, but that was just a great day, and it just dumped snow all day long. And I mean, everybody was there. We were there at 8 a.m., and everybody's there through noon until they closed the lifts. Just having a great time. That was one of my favorite memories. Yeah. Um, and that's one of those ones where, you know, you just you hope for that every time you show up to the chairlift. You walk up to the lift line, boom, there's somebody you know. Hey, let's yeah. grab a chair, head up the mountain. And that's what it's all about. Well, yes, I agree. That Moments like that you don't forget. And, and that's really what it's all about, it's just having friends with uh, having fun with your friends and, and, uh, and having a good time. So, uh, Aaron... Thanks for being on Inside the Den and sharing your story about being the coach of the skiing and snowboarding team here at Lees McRae. We appreciate you being on the show. I certainly appreciate the opportunity, and thank you. To listen to this episode again or to find previous episodes, go to our website, lmcbombcats.com, or find us on SoundCloud by searching Lees McRae Athletics. And as always, go Bobcats.